0: Back for our second podcast together after the first one, which was supposed to be private. Although I don't know how many views it has, but over fifty percent of them must be my dad and or my dad's friends.
1: I think it's about fifty views. Yeah, maybe. case so yeah, that feels no. I feel like that's under. Hmm. It would be a slight underperformance from my podcast audience. Uh huh. And it would be an impressive overperformance from your dad and his friends.
0: Yeah, they, he he was a fan. He thought that we, we could go on to do big things. Wow. And then other than that, I got one other bit of feedback, which was last night um, a friend told me that him and his fiance they watched four minutes of it, um, and then they quoted something from the first four minutes of our last podcast that I didn't remember, which was to us talking about how neither of us are very good at letting other people get a word in um and they agreed with that and then they turned off the podcast i guess they got, they got everything they needed from that they were like oh wow these guys are these guys know themselves
1: um uh, well for those of you who are particularly offended by people talking over each other there's your cue we have a couple of major changes first off is that this is no longer me interviewing you That feels like a major change
0: right yeah yeah okay you that was news to you i guess i didn't really consider the last one to be an you were sort of watching me you weren't really interviewing me and actually i think this might end up being more of you interviewing me if you do your your patented line of questioning all right well we'll go with it
1: the second major change is i think we will release i guess
0: sorry i guess my question is are you ever not interviewing someone aside from that last podcast we did where you let uh, me perform in some way
1: we're all just kind of interviewing each other through
0: life i would like to ask many of your first dates that question
1: i have been known to start an onslaught and just keep it going yeah yeah, just, yeah. um well the Speaking goal is to have a conversation onslaughts <laughs> no okay go ahead uh and the second thing is we're we're going to do this we're we're hopefully actually gonna release this. And maybe this so I think the idea here is that we thought it would be fun to get together. We talk about these things anyway. We have great taste in all categories of life. <laughs> and so the people need it. That's all that's it's not that complicated. How are yeah. you? It's December. I don't know if we should give the date because
0: if this takes me too long it will look bad, but we're gonna go with it anyway. Well, you said it's December already, so it can only make you look one third as bad as possible given today's date.
1: True, but it's December 21st. I think this will probably come out post-Christmas, hopefully pre-New Year's. Okay. So if it's like January 17th, i failed. Okay. All
0: right. Um, yeah, hold yourself accountable. You walked in this morning. You were talking about how December is a top three month. I've done the month rankings in New York. I, I spent a lot of time in and out of New York in the last few years. Um, I'm, I'm mostly back full-time now. I mean, I am, but... Um, I think this maybe started with like a New York Nico thing. He he ra- he ranked the months. I think almost everyone agrees February is the worst one, but people group December in with the winter, and it does not deserve to be grouped in with yeah. that because it has a whole other dynamic. And you had this is you had your first this is your first December in New York as a resident. Maybe you visited I before. Think basically,
1: I mean, I don't think I've spent much time in December here as an adult. Maybe I came as a kid. Yeah. Because I, I had a vague memory of the like ice rink Rockefeller thing, which I went up to it and did yesterday, but it was not—I don't think it was recent years. Whereas I've spent a good amount of time here in in like January.
0: Yeah, January's is okay because okay, you, can, you can still stave off the 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 winter. But the the holiday spirit—it's nice. It's it, really sick.
1: It's also at least this week. It's been a couple of cold days, but it was like fifty-five on Tuesday. Yeah, and kind of like. Sunny. I also think when it's sunny and cold, it's a little more like, oh yeah, this is nice. Let's
0: go out and walk around and see the lights. And I was in Soho last night, um, doing some White Elephant shopping for a friend with a friend and his uh, new girlfriend. He's meeting her family, and so we had to Wait, go. That's quick. Yeah. Yeah. How two, long has it been? Two months. Okay. Yeah, I um, know people who are. Ex- extended the far opposite end of that. So it's extended family. There are the, there are some college aged kids in this white elephant. Um, for those who don't know, or like me, didn't remember there's you. Oh, you pick a gift. We are um, in New York city, baby. You pick a gift from that's wrapped and then you open it. And then the gift can be, the next person can choose to either pick a gift from the center or they can steal a previously picked gift a gift can only be stolen i think in their family three times. Okay. So these were the parameters. How many people? Hm, let's say a dozen. That was what okay. I was feeling, but I actually have no idea. Okay. And well, if, if this friend is there and there are college age kids, let's say somewhere between 1 and 2 dozen. Big family. $35 price limit. The friend was willing to go up to 55, which we uh, cautioned against, I think. If he's like, "I could say I got it on sale now." No. Okay. Weird move. So we we started in I'll run through what the the gift ideas were. First we went into Dia & Durga, very expensive fragrance store, and I thought, "Oh, maybe they'll have like a sampler or something that could be like a nice Oh, idea. so the goal here is not it's like nice gift. Just cheap but nice. I think it doesn't have to be. My my first suggestion was actually was wool socks, and okay. the, the the girlfriend thought that was a crazy idea like All right. Like oh, so he s- had he had the girlfriend there to for her family like he had yes. a pretty good guiding principle. yeah 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 and and we i yeah so we started in Desnarga they laughed us out of the store when we asked if we could get anything for 40 dollars <laughs> they did show us a sample fragrance pack which looks like those little mini ones that yeah, you get yeah, yeah. for like free if you buy something yeah so they laughed us out of there Then we went to um this like aritzia spin-off puffer store which they have a super puff Maybe that's what it's. I they think, have like a, like a ten foot jacket in there that you can try on. I think that's what it is. And I ha-
1: I did a little bit of puffers. Sh- I I've been in looking for a puffer and I walked by that store, but I didn't I didn't go in.
0: And there, uh, the friend picked up a pair of mitts and was like, "This is a decent idea." I'm like, "No, it's not. Nobody wants mitts that doesn't have them." And if they do, they don't want mitts like mittens. Yeah, that's what those are called really mitt mitten. no i think you're right mittens <laughs> okay, okay. mitts are so yeah, a mitt is a is a baseball glove what about an oven mitt
1: it's also a mitt yeah you're right okay <laughs> but there you would never call just regular run-of-the-mill walking through new york things mitts i don't think
0: maybe you would maybe it's East Coast this thing. one of those words that the more you say it the less confident i feel like i'm not even sure that there's anything so you called failed on mitts th- the mitts and i was like and that's a bad idea um, so then we went into like a shoppy shop, like one of those stores that sells olive oil and candles and tea kettles and stuff. We started a Ruby Rosa $40 olive oil. and like, amazing. You're coming Girlfriend from New didn't city. Like it. No, they're, they're <laughs> college age kids. They're not going to know what to do with it. And like, then it'll get stolen by someone who appreciates good olive oil.
1: I ca- like, I'm, I'm somewhere in between the two of you. Yes. It's not exciting. I think with white elephant, you either want, sometimes it's themed as like something funny yeah gaggy and if not i think you want it to be like oh cool i got this
0: He was also trying to impress them a little bit but also was like considering oh the wow factor is is important mm. so then i i took a phone call and they were standing over a tea kettle um like an infuser a glass pot with a metal infuser in it i was like oh that's a great idea like anyone who likes tea would be excited about having like upping their tea game Okay. Anyone who likes tea, so yeah, which is, I mean, point one percent of college students in America. No, they're not all college students. There just are some college students. So, I like, see, keep, keep in mind that you could know, be dad. Could be dad. Okay,
1: we're and we're also drinking tea for any tea deniers out like Tea, tea rocks.
0: Yeah, tea's tea's good. And she was like, "No, that's a bad a bad gift." Wow. Yeah. High bar. <laughs> so we we ended. But up most of these are selected by you and not her boyfriend. No, the tea was selected by the, her boyfriend. The struggle with the the olive oil was that um, he, also new to New York, was not familiar with Ruby Rosa, and like I, I thought, there's like you know some cachet to that brand, and it's like a fun gift. Fun it's New York. It's something
1: I've heard of, but I don't, can't place it. It's a restaurant.
0: It's a pizza place. They do the the tie dye pizza. It's like yeah. pesto and uh, Is vodka it on sauce. Elizabeth Street. We're yeah, there. yeah, yeah, and. Um, so we went to Raven. Yep. The backpack. The, the friend picked up a crossbody bag and the girlfriend was like, you should just get the Lululemon one. And then the store employee was like, you could just get a seam cutter and cut the logo off. And I was like, that, that's your suggestion that we should buy this item from here, but then make it look like one that we can get two blocks away. I'm like, the logo's good. That's what we're buying for. Like that's yeah. part of the yeah. thing. They ended up with that gift. In my opinion, a little boring, but I don't know. Utility? What's the best
1: white elephant gift you have ever gotten
0: or give given? I actually have a better answer <laughs> to this question. Uh, well, is which is last year I was um, living in Mexico and I got invited to a, a white elephant, and I had bought these three candles and lit one of them, and after an hour of it being lit, the candle like cracked, like kind of exploded. Not in like a dangerous way. The wax the glass. The glass broke. Yeah. yeah not I good. That, yeah, that away. So then we got invited to this white elephant and we had an <laughs> extra <laughs> candle lying around. So Wait, the broken one or the pre-broken one? No, the pre-broken one. Same manufacturer, but not yet broken. <laughs> so like amazing. We'll bring that. Like everyone people will be excited about a candle. And we get there and there are these two people at the I don't know everyone there, but there's two people at the White Elephant and at this Christmas party and one of the people from the party had met this girl at a coffee shop that morning was like, Hey, what are you guys doing tonight? By the way. And they're like, Oh, we're just in town for a few nights. Okay, well we're hosting a white elephant. You guys should come. So her and her boyfriend came and they did like a kind of scummy white elephant steal where a gift could only be stolen twice after the second steal. It's yours. So someone picked the, uh, the candle and they were like, oh, a candle would be so good. And he goes, OK, you steal the candle and then I'll go next and I'll steal it from you. So that way they double could, cancel out. Yes. So that way it's our candle. So I'm like, oh, OK, and people are kind of like, are you, get, like, were you like, like rooting? They would get glass in their eye. Just
1: wait.
0: <laughs> oh, no. So so they do the double steal and people are kind of like, wait, that's fucked up. Like you shouldn't be able." You're to, a couple. Yeah. Like you guys just coordinate. No collusion. There shouldn't be collusion allowed. And, and so they, they do it and they're like, they're like standing their ground. Like, no, like we were strategic about this. Like we're keeping the candle. And then, so they're like, we're like, okay, fine. Like it's, those are the rules. You guys follow the rules. And she goes, okay, can I be honest? We just moved into a camper van and it kind of smells in there sometimes. So we're really excited about having a candle in our camper van. And Rachel and I look at each other like, oh my God, we just killed this couple. Like, they're going to be driving after a long hike, smelling like feet. They light the candle, and the thing explodes. <laughs> Their whole car catches on fire. But it honestly felt like karma for, like... for. So you, that that's the story ends. We did not tell them, if that's what you're wondering. Do you think we should have told them?
1: I don't really care. I'm just curious if, like, there's some internet detectives that can... Like, uh, I don't know. No, you no, I they, don't know.
0: The story ends. Sorry to disappoint.
1: Do you... Th- how many... Um people removed are they from someone you actually know
0: many many all right we're good um i did a i imagine this is the start of a true crime podcast I mean, <laughs> i'm not,
1: knock on wood brother <laughs> would that will you be liable no i don't
0: think so i don't uh, wanna... i i'm like in, i'm involved for sure you're definitely
1: involved it's like third degree it's like it's worst,
0: not, or best. and manslaughter degree manslaughter nah. what, what's below manslaughter uh below ma- so i'm like know about like accomplice i you know about a murder i don't know is manslaughter murder of any kind association with murder event any- it's accidental it's like if you are if it's you a- accidental yeah it
1: doesn't sound accidental
0: Manslaughter, yeah. Manslaughter is first accidental. degree. Manslaughter is murder. First degree <laughs> manslaughter would be like if you were drunk driving and you killed someone. Oh, so it's actually just called murder if it's murder. Yeah.
1: Like I went it. I thought about killing you and I killed you. Is murder. that would be first degree
0: manslaughter? Is like, I, oopsie, I killed you. Got it. <laughs> today I today I learned. Um, uh, yeah, then there's the, you know, intentional, there's intentional murder, there's unintentional murder, which is still murder, like if you beat someone up and you kill them. But that's it, not manslaughter? But slaughter? it's not premeditated. Wow.
1: We need to have, like, they should have, like, an X, Y axis chart. They intentional, unintentional. And
0: you could plot it with some of our famous killers. Yeah, and you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay uh let's let's talk about a new category. i will say i did a recent white elephant and i showed up late and so my host the host just got it but i I gave them a actual mug version of the greek cup coffee cup and you liked it oh i like that, that i like that my, fun my little our gift. bill
0: at dinner we went to a korean restaurant last night and the bill came it was nothing about it was korean except that they had soju drinks um and they it's pretty common they give the
1: bill in the coffee in thing? the greek coffee yeah, 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 one. Yeah, yeah yeah and you know how uh, somebody else has Kolbo has branded versions of this oh i didn't they realize, realize they were Bobo branded on. yeah um i feel like we have to talk about a little bit about the mind yes we should i wrote about this in my newsletter for those who who read which i don't know how you're listening to this podcast if you, eh, you're a friend of part, my dad's yeah. <laughs> um the mind is a game that I think everyone. I hope main. The only reason I want to put this on the list is I, I just really hope that if anyone hears this anytime around the family time, that they find a way to play this game because it is maybe the best like get a group of people to buy in thing possible. Especially with people you know, but like need to get more coherence with. That's a I, I played.
0: Game. I played with my family in Thanksgiving, and there was not complete buy in, but after some participants dropped out on account of too much wine and or not quite getting it, The those who remained. How do you not get it? Also, real real quick, just super quick context. I share, get... I share genes with some of these people, so I'll try yeah, to come up with a good yeah, justification.
1: Yeah, 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 I, <laughs> um, uh, I No, I well, so part of the reason I actually think it's... Okay, I'm going to back up. The game is super simple, deck of 100 cards. The idea is you play with any collection of people, so you could play with two, you could play with 10, um, and the, there's no suits you just one two three four five deal out some collection of the hundred cards so maybe we're playing with four people deal three cards each that's going to be only a, a, a portion of the deck and as a result i might start and i have one and i play and then no one has one you have five and you're waiting to try to figure out if anyone has three two three four no okay i'm gonna play five and if you play out of turn meaning if i'm holding four we all lose you're all a team so super simple game the reason i think it's so Appealing partially is that it has a lot of depth, but it actually does solve at least I thought it solved the problem You were saying which is like you ever you're ever at dinner You're like, oh, let's play a game. My mom loves games. She's always like, oh, we can play a game and There's always like somebody who's tired or like I got to wash the dishes and I think what's brilliant about the mind is like You can probably get people in Within 90
0: seconds. I guess I didn't get it. I meant like they weren't picking up on it and they were discouraged and they were just like, okay, I didn't like really. Well, I didn't yeah, really want to be doing this anyway. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah That makes more sense. Um, you played at a bachelor party recently. Yes, we played at a bachelor party. It
1: speaks to like the quality of this game.
0: I think that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it uh, wasn't
1: like uh, we had nothing else to do, so we played a card game at the bachelor party.
0: No, like I was excited to whip it out. I mean, at, it's like also a
1: good late night game. Like you're you're coming back or something like that.
0: Yeah, we had a we had a. Uh, DJ, someone, someone curating the music during our two thirty a.m. to four forty-five a.m. mind session of the mind. Unbelievable. Oh. DJ
1: feels like an important, not essential, but important quality.
0: Totally. And yeah. I think it took us a long time to uh, to realize that there was music being played that we were supposed to be uh, listening to in mm. actively. Because it helped us. You were, well, so the, the time we all
1: played Upstate, which I wrote about in my newsletter, if you're curious to um, extensive detail, you were doing it
0: while we were playing, I think.
1: And it was definitely a part of the vibe.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because
1: it's a, it's a rhythmic game.
0: Yeah, it, t- it took us a long time in, at the bachelor party. I mean, we were, this was after being out all night. Um took us a while to, like, get the groove. And I will say one thing that I'm struggling with a little bit with this game is when you're the only person who's played it before, and then you win. It's not nearly as thrilling.
1: Mm. I think it. I don't know. I haven't played it in enough times. We played it on Thanksgiving. We had a little friendsgiving, like five of us, and it was it was pretty tense because I think part of a huge part of the game is the group. Like it's it's all about a game. If you haven't played, like it's a game that sort of. By default about like tuning into the frequency of your squad and so you could even play it with a group of some you'd be playing and then one new person joins and yeah. like it's a different vibe and yeah,
0: so, yeah yeah i i'm i don't mean to be playing devil's advocate here it's an amazing game and i think the most telling fact about that is i played last friday night and two people that we were with bought the game like with just immediately after leaving the house pretty amazing
1: yeah yeah i'm uh i'm hyped they have another game called the game that i want to try did you order it yeah it's over there oh all right speaking of games there's been a growing honestly overwhelming trend of pickleball for many many years at least months now yeah different points of view i'm still kind of bought in i think it's like a fun interesting idea but you have exposed me to, and now regularly play, I don't know what you would call it, like Pickleball's cool older brother?
0: Yeah, their they're Latin cousin. Latin
1: cousin? <laughs> the game of paddle. I want
0: you to tell the audience about paddle. I think most people are starting to learn about paddle now in some in some way, but I will caveat with my, my initial thoughts about Pickleball, which are that I am trying very hard to, ha- to have – nothing bad to say about an activity that gets more people outside playing competitively. And I'll end there. Right. I think the game the game is is fun and it's great that people are getting outside to play it. Okay. What um, about paddle? Is paddle that, why is paddle You seem to really like paddle. Yeah, paddle's amazing. Why? Faster. Yeah, f- I mean the f- speed is the biggest one.
1: And it's with a tennis ball and not a pickle i it's, played once in mexico it's with
0: a tennis ball and a thicker foam paddle than the pickleball fl- flat ping pong-esque paddle yeah um is it why is
1: it is the right metaphor for it aside from obviously
0: the walls it's
1: like in between pickleball and tennis
0: no it's more like tennis and racquetball which racquetball, I don't think people are that familiar with.
1: Or I think squ- they think they're probably more familiar with squash, which feels similar. I actually
0: don't know the difference. between Squash and racquetball are based, played on a very similar, if not the same court. They use a different ball. Squash is usually a little little ball that's yeah. like not very bouncy. And what's racquetball? Racquetball is... I think racquetball,
1: I got hit in the eye once playing in college, and I never played it ever again. And I think the ball is big and bouncy. Okay. Which is It's it's like sort of extremely hot, intense, high-velocity...
0: Yeah. Paddle is medium intensity, medium velocity, great rallies. Like the points go on really long, much longer than they would in tennis. Now they're, they lack the intensity. Like a tennis rally is probably the greatest racket sport rally you can have where like you, you achieve this flow that like, you, yeah, that, yeah, but yeah, th- yeah. that, but you get that in uh in a way you may and i in don't think in, pickle, in pickleball you can get it but it sort of feels more like oh 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 like kind of like re- very reactive like oh you got it i got it and it feels like
1: a volley sport more than anything I, I played with um my aunt she's like a uh above 50 pro she's really great and obviously she wasn't playing at a high level like with me but she the biggest realization when I'm watching her is, is like it's much more about kind of playing around the kitchen and this like volley volley like super volley heavy. Yeah, which I think part of is what why it's also appealing to people who are older who have less mobility is that can you can get the intensity without needing to move around a ton, which paddle seems like clearly more motion and.
0: Yeah, I've played pickleball with a variety of skill levels. I think it's sort of like if you know how to play or you're moderately athletic, we're kind of all on the same skill level. Um, or in other words, if I was playing with an amazing tennis player, but not they were not a pickleball player, I think we would probably be able to play competitively. If you're a great pickleball player, that's a different conversation. But paddle, when I've played with tennis players, they're truly superior, mm. which is a really nice... Di- the, the, like skill expression. Yeah, exactly.
1: Do you, are you buying paddle stock or are you like independent of your interest? I paid sixty
0: nine dollars yesterday to play for one. I mean, we booked for at eight a.m. and there was no one on after us. We played for an hour and a half. It's hard to know if I should buy stock, given that we're in New York City and it was the the place was empty. But it's so expensive. It's indoor, it has to have the walls. You have to play on their courts. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and and the court is what like fifty percent bigger than a pickleball court. That's probably right. Probably a lot. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, Probably like 60% the size of a tennis court. That's
1: the biggest thing that is hindering it. It, You can't just
0: prop up walls and play.
1: Not only that, but the courts... like, you think about a a racket, or excuse me, a a game like that, anything like tennis, it's super hindered by the space. And tennis obviously is dominant, so it has courts. Pickleball, I think, a mix of things. But one of the, when we play pickleball, we literally, we have like set up rackets on a blacktop or nets on the blacktop. It's super easy. Paddle feels like, it's sort of like oh let's go play pickup baseball like obviously, yeah
0: my, my, my friend Steven is a very good tennis player um, has lives in Park City and he's been his fiance is getting into tennis as well but she's not a morning person like they can't play in the morning it's just not possible for them he goes and plays in the morning and they used to play in the evenings and they turned their tennis courts are now pickleball courts in the in that from like 3 p.m onwards Wow so they can't play anymore. But wow, I um, the best. Uh, Our friend Brent mentioned that he he recognized in a way that I had not before that uh, tennis is a known poor use of space. As a golfer, I've never re- I don't really acknowledge that. <laughs> 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 I mean, but I do, Golf
1: I, just has a, a bunch of money backing it that will. The
0: go- the golf thing is interesting too because uh, you know the Malcolm Gladwell proposal for what to do with golf courses, like. They, so a lot of these golf courses get tax breaks for being green spaces like that are not developed. Yeah, 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 yeah. So his thing is, okay, well, if you're going to use some of my tax dollars, indirectly or directly, let me run on it. So he wants them to be open in the morning for running and, and then in the, at certain times for, like, picnicking, which I think is an amazing concession.
1: Running feels much harder to me than picnicking.
0: Running feels harder to make happen.
1: Um, I have two reactions on running. One is it seems dangerous for a lot of people running. It's like more, even more uneven than like cross country. And it doesn't feel like whose
0: responsibility is that?
1: That's true. I just mean like golf courses are like deliberately like weird and uneven and there's sand traps and that feels a little nervous. But more importantly, if I'm the golf course, maybe I'm wrong. It feels like people running on the fairways. Oh no, they totally don't want it. Yeah, it would, like, ruin the grass. Whereas, picnicking feels actually, like, pretty reasonable to me. Like, yeah, you're not going to do it on the greens. Picnic on the fairway or on the rough? Like, yeah.
0: Think about how many more The thing is, peak, parks... pic- peak picnic time is peak golf time also. Mm. You would need, like, the sunset front nine. So, like, after the last group plays the first hole. So, like, obviously, people that are teeing off on the first hole have four hours to go. Or... I have a different idea.
1: Okay. You for every 9 holes you build or 18 holes you build you have to build a park space nearby mm-hmm. on the property.
0: I think that's a good idea and there are a lot of there are a lot of uh, municipalities that require stuff like that or like to have some kids component or um but it's kind I, of insane you get tax breaks for building private golf courses. Yeah.
1: That's that seems like a it's especially given how little green space we have in certain areas. I mean it's not like there's giant golf courses in most of New York and L.A., although in L.A. it's, like, a little... L.A. might be the biggest culprit of, like, we this, have no the, green space the, whatsoever. And...
0: The, the Malcolm Godwell story originally starts with his, yeah. him being upset about an L.A. golf course.
1: L.A., like, literally the only great grass in L.A. at all are golf courses, like Riviera. Yeah. Before we leave the tennis thing, I, I want to throw this out to the listeners because I, I need to solicit more feedback. I've been talking about it with everyone we, we know. Our friend Brent, who you mentioned, who is an excellent tennis player, my roommate Dylan and a few of us have an ongoing debate that will be settled probably in the spring. Which is he is a five-five tennis player. Still don't really know what that means. Uh, let me let me explain I, I oh yeah. that. I recently
0: learned that the tennis levels. I think it's one of the. I don't know if this this must be how it works in video games. Similarly, I would imagine. But in yeah, it, okay. So in in tennis, you basically have a rating. Let's say you start at one. When you start winning a lot, if you win, you know the overwhelming majority of your matches, you get moved up, and they're in half point increments. So you'd go from a one to a one point five, and then at 1.5, oh, wow, you're still winning, they move you up to a two, and oh wow, you're still winning at two, and you get moved up again, and now at two point five, you're like barely, you're winning some matches, you're losing some. You're like okay, great, you're at 2. This
1: is in a two point five. Literally, a it's they call it Elo or ELO in
0: video games. And it makes a ton of sense, and then but the thing that I learned that's really interesting is I think it goes up to seven or nine, maybe seven. Seven, like Djokovic is seven. Someone around. was saying that. I guess Brent was saying that if if you're a whole point above someone, so two half level increments above, two levels above that is, um, you would essentially beat someone six oh, six oh, six oh. Like they wouldn't win a game off of you. Like that's whole the disparity. Level. So a
1: four and a five. Yeah. So that that checks out because I think Brent said he's sort of five to five and a half territory and Dylan I think is four and a half. And they concluded that like he wouldn't win a point.
0: Wow. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe don't maybe not a game yeah. or yeah it wouldn't win a game certainly. Yeah. okay so you're you're Okay so Brent
1: is for the tennis heads out there he's good i don't I, he's probably not a 55 five anymore cuz he's not playing as actively but played in college whatever and so we were debating it started actually between tennis and golf cuz Brent said that golf is harder or tennis is harder to like learn than golf which i just think is the most absurd thing ever yeah i disagree with that like if it, my my example is um if you gave um a golfer, a new golfer, hey, you have to get the ball within 75 yards of that pin, a hundred yards away, and you have 25 tries, they would probably do it maybe once. And similarly, and this is the game in tennis, if I were to hit 25 of yours, if you were to serve to me 25 times, I think I could get way more. And where we landed was that they gave me a over under of one and a half on returning his serves in play, which I find to be deeply insulting. But here's the important context. I have not held a tennis racket, I don't think, since I was 15 years old. I think I'm fairly coordinated and athletic. I played a number of... I played some tennis growing up. I played golf. I played lacrosse. I played baseball. And he... Obviously, I have never seen a 115-mile-an-hour serve on the tennis court. The the additional context here is... Yeah, the over-under is one and a half for me. Getting it in... The they also think I would miss at least half of them. Entirely. At, I,
0: like not even contact. I think there are some question there there are some big questions related to this, which is like what happens if he doesn't get it in? Yeah, he faults, yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's say on his on his twenty five, like in an average match he doesn't let's say assume he doesn't double fault and like maybe fifty percent of them are second serves. So yeah, it's hard to control for that because
1: I, it is a little unfair if it's just like his twenty-five best serves and he can miss. But it. I
0: still think the exercise, is, like if if he can't miss more than like th- three in a row or something, okay, the the exercise is still interesting. But we went out to dinner on Friday with a friend who's a tennis player who knows Brent's skill level. Okay, did you talk about this? You were there, our, oh, and we were, and here. and and he he told you you don't, He didn't think you'd get one that you would return one, maybe two. And and you you (laughs) called out. You don't even know how good I am at tennis, and he's like, "The fact that you're asking this question tells me what I need to know." So I (laughs) tend. Everyone I've
1: asked who knows anything about tennis has been on Brent's side. Wow. But that's why I'm like, and and honestly, the the most plausible scenario to me is that I
0: launch the ball like I that they're right in that
1: like I can't get the ball in like I'm just launching it. No,
0: I think whiff is actually. I, I played with someone who's not as good as Brent, and I have. When I play tennis, we almost never serve. We just drop kick to start and start play points. And I played with someone who was hitting some serves to me, and I was really struggling. I'm like, like I'm not a good tennis player. But like I can play. Brent has said he would not you're have better fun. Better than me. Probably. No, no. I've seen you. You're better than me at pickleball, so you're certainly better than me at tennis. And uh, I was really stru- I was struggling to see the to see how I would get in front of the ball. Like positioning took me like five, let's say five, to be like, oh wow, I have to stand this far back. I
1: definitely, I'm saying it now, and he, not that he would need a secret to know, but the backhand, I would, I would probably miss. But if I'm like getting four hands, I just, yeah, like I'm sure I'm gonna hit the metal. It's a huge racket. Think about it. All. We should do this. There's this we is have to we do it. this is we'll, e- t- we'll live stream it. Yes. Okay. Um, I feel like before we run out of time, we should definitely not that people need me talking about movies on any more podcasts. You observed recently, you made an observation that I thought I think is like actually an underrated and like more people need to know and get out to the movies.
0: Okay. There are, I mean I was oh, of, oh, about the sorry, I thought Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like so uh, perfectly imperfect a newsletter that we both read. Um, yeah, that's giving me a little more credit than a I A newsletter that I definitely read um, which has cool people come on and recommend things they're into. They are launching an app that will be Very similar to an idea you and I had.
1: It's true. If not the way you just described that sounded a lot like the podcast idea had, which it's not that similar, but it sounds similar. There's more like stuff and a little bit of things they watch, but it's like brief and they have
0: an app now. yeah, um, yeah, Yeah. And you can just recommend anything and you choose an emoji. So like here's, here's one that's the top one on my feed right now, which is from Tyler, the founder of perfectly Imperfect, or creator. Um, and the recommendation is sitting in a hot tub with your dad and then the description is and having him explain the full plot of interstellar because you haven't seen it in 8 years before moving on to topics such as the vastness of space life weather war how the earth is tilting on its axis and may flip someday soon and car insurance it's the best so i reco- wow. I, I recently recommended um movie pass in the year 2023 because we remember movie pass yes. from from uh, 2018 or 2019 still one of
1: the greatest economic glitches ever.
0: So the new one feels the same. So in my, 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 my I still
1: don't you do this I have not thought to ask about it it doesn't really make any sense to me.
0: Okay so I I my description here was that going to the movies is a gift but it costs too damn much until now okay Because movie passes back and it's just good enough to be worth it and just bad enough to feel like you're pulling a fast one on them. For thirty dollars a month, I'm able to see three and a half movies for free, or eight dollars and fifty cents per movie if you don't consider paying for something and getting something in return, getting it for free. <laughs> and it's Regal only. No, 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 no. I saw Nighthawk anywhere. Basically, like every theater in New York City. is there. Angelica, uh, BAM. All these, all the art house theaters.
1: For those out there, not that you can do anything about it. Just as a subtle side note, they got to fix the flatness thing at Angelica. Second, thirty bucks. Yeah, that's not free. That's decent, and it's a good prompt to,
0: like, more than anything, it's sort of also like Also, the jam. credits it's- roll over.
1: Not all of them, but okay. some amount of all them. All right, I'll, I'm, I'm sold. The point, though, the reason I brought this up is that you observe we – this is the best suite of films out in memory. It's yeah. totally unbelievable. And maybe people – maybe that kept up on
0: people, or maybe they're not totally aware – Obviously some of them still yet to come out, but I don't think these, I think these movies have done a a bad job of marketing. I think a a lot of it is some of them are, are like going to be on streaming soon. Yeah. So they're like, maybe they don't do the big push yet. Like Maestro, which is probably going to be, you know, nominated for a lot of
1: awards. Bradley Cooper.
0: Yeah. And it's, you can't see it in most cities, but like that is a movie that people everywhere will be able to see very soon. If not now, I think it might already be on Netflix. Um, oh, but the, wow. yeah, the the list of movies right that are out right now is is remarkable, and the ones the five or six that I've seen in the last month are all fantastic, like truly my favorite movies of the year. I think there's
1: yeah, I think you're getting at something interesting too, which is part of what what's interesting about this is like I kind of had the sense I always have this around this time this year, which is like oh, there's a bunch of Oscary type movies that I need to go see, and uh, hard to make time, but. I think particularly now there's so many of them which is a little bit of like optionality paralysis. There's also s- the movie studios I think are handicapping themselves with the ambiguity around when things go to streaming and not. Mm. It's like Killers of the Flower Moon is already on Netflix or Apple? Actually? I think I think that one is a more of a unique case because it was bought by Apple and it's like an Apple thing and they just happened to put it in theaters. So there's some confusion there but man it I mean we yeah like just to like I can, I can read the list i sent it yeah yeah I've, I've probably seen 20 percent, and i've had like i don't know i've had five people text me this week about Saltburn.
0: like holy holy crap you have to go see this movie. yeah that one got that got like swept up in all this i actually haven't seen that yet um may december anatomy of a fall maestro the holdovers zone of interest wonka boy and the heron godzilla minus one poor Things, saltburn napoleon taylor swift and beyonce dream scenario killer priscilla and i think i'm missing a couple
1: i mean that doesn't include maestro i don't think ferrari comes out said, in a week uh, yeah ferrari with michael mann and adam driver um what like and it, i heard godzilla was good yeah um to. one of those is a miyazaki movie i've seen twice now poor things i saw with you no i didn't see with you i saw your recommendation was totally wild What, um, which of those others
0: that you've seen are, you think are anatomy of a fall is like, there's been this thing for the last five years. I think we now have a parasite was probably the big, like opening of people's minds to international movies, but there's been a movie. So I guess that's four years ago. There's been a movie for each of the last four years that's kind of been like the big European movie of the year to see. He's um, like the uh, worst person in the world wor- in this category? Yeah, okay. yeah. Worst person in the so world. not big, but like
1: oscar Like, yeah, or- yeah.
0: Well, acclaimed. Yep. Uh, not blockbuster, but acclaimed. Uh, and and Anatomy of a Fall, I think, is that... Well, that movie we saw, Fallen Leaves, people are excited about too, but that's not a recommendation from me. No, it wasn't her, wasn't her favorite. Um, <laughs> but Anatomy of a Fall is, uh, seems is like that? it could be that movie. It's, What's- it's a French movie about... Um, a woman so i went in knowing nothing so i always am i always struggle to decide how to describe the movie but it's a a woman whose husband passes and um she becomes a suspect in the case hmm.
1: probably not jumping off I, maybe a better question would be what are the things that you think are like jump off the page holy crap like if you have to if you're gonna see a movie this week
0: what? You- oh if you're gonna see a movie this week it's got to be holdovers okay because it's Family, a Christmas movie. Paul Giamatti. Okay. okay it's a okay. Christmas movie. So see that this week. And then next is Poor Things because the longer you wait to see it, the more, it, the more you're going to hear about it. And you and I both went in knowing nothing. nothing. You knew Margaret Qualley was in it. <laughs> didn't.
1: <that> didn't. <laughs> Emma Stone. All I'll say, I'll say two things that I think are worth saying. Uh, although if you won't truly want to hear nothing, plug your ears for the next 30 seconds. Emma Stone is probably going to win the Oscar. Like, truly unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and two, it's extremely sexual. So I would just, I would warn people on that end.
0: We have listeners that that matters for? I think, like, I wouldn't recommend seeing it with your parents. Interesting. Like, let's
1: go see a movie on December 27th with the family. Like, hmm. probably wouldn't do this. Got it. Um, And I don't know. Like, I think there are people, even our where our friend Kurt, like, he was. Um, I accidentally
0: watched um, White Chicks with my family. <laughs> The unrated version in our in the den of my childhood home. I don't know what year that movie came out, but let's assume I was in middle school. Oh, and gosh. there's this scene when they're on the girl the girls' night where they do the they have they break out a double sided dildo. Okay. And they, um, the Wayans brothers, playing white chicks in this film, <laughs> need to. Uh, they don't want to. They don't want to. Per- yeah, they don't want to participate. So they come up with a head banger. Which is where you bang it over your head. That's like a move you could do with it. And then my my parents were like, "All right, I think that's it. That's enough." <laughs> we're gonna... oh, Although my mom did recently bring up to me, interesting segue, that <laughs> that um, she's still upset that I asked her to take me to see Jackass Three in theaters, which opens with a man that one stuck with her. With, yeah, she was like, it was you and me and Ben, and we went, and you like asked me to take you to this movie because it was R-rated, and I said yes for some reason, and you didn't know anything about the movie, and it opens with a man's penis dressed as a mouse in a, <laughs> in a snake in a snake cage, and, my, and she turns to me, and she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and she's still upset about it, so I'm sorry, Mom. Uh,
1: I think the coolest part about all of this is there's... It's the first time maybe I can remember where I assume it used to be like this, where you could like, oh, just go to the movies and see what's playing and oh, you'll wow. probably get something great.
0: The only thing that's that that has changed why you can't do that anymore is because now it's reserved seats almost everywhere. Yeah, it sucks.
1: That's true. Yeah, that's Adam Faze's big take is that reserved seating ruined movie theaters. Oh, interesting. But I also think Rotten Tomatoes and everything, it's like, it's sort of like, Pre living in New York, I was kind of like this with restaurants, where I'm like, and I'm probably still a little guilty of it, but I'm a little more willing to just like walk down the street yeah. and try a place. And I think restaurants have gotten some of the, it's the overall like quantification, like oh, why would I go see a movie? And for what it's worth, historically, that has been the right approach. You definitely don't just want to go see a random movie because yeah. can but
0: right now it is the best grab bag. So yeah, go yeah, to the we movies. we walked into uh, IFC the other day, and and is that what it is? IFC Village East, Village East, and. Uh, I was like, oh, I, it was oh, yeah. 9 o'clock, and I was like, I got nothing to do. I'm going to see if there's any movies playing. I ha- happen to have seen everything that was playing um, that was available to see at that hour.
1: But It's also weird to have, a, like, oh, this theater isn't even showing all the things I want to see because there's so many things out.
0: Yeah, I hope people go go to the movies uh, more in the next week or so. It's and, good time, too. And January 17th. Great week to see these some of these movies that we're talking about. I'm it very realized, hyped. You were able to see all these movies until February and then again after the Oscars because they put some of the They're ones that the you films. didn't know. No, 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 back in theaters, like oh, they'll yeah. re release some of the ones that you haven't seen.
1: Yeah, I'm curious what will happen. I haven't followed the Oscar stuff too much. I'm very hyped for we have to maybe put new year, early in the year, we have to do a big Michael Mann mm-hmm. in honor of that.
0: I, I haven't heard much uh, about it. But I like his movies and I think this one could be interesting. Although the trailer, which I was uh subjected to against my will, but this is the penalty of going to see movies is they make you watch trailers unless you go to Nighthawk. Note
1: You and I are both very team anti anti trailer club. Yeah. Um or wait, that I cancelled out. Trailers, um, especially for something like Poor Things, but in general nowadays, like actually I suspect there are still like holdovers I saw the trailer. Really would be shocked if that affected it, but most movies, I think, like actually, like trail. I haven't even seen it for more things. I suspect it would literally ruin the movie. Wow,
0: not ruin it, but like it will have a significant impact on your experience. Totally.
1: Um. So don't watch trailers. Go see movies. You mentioned this is a that was not a smooth transition at all. We're still working on that. You brought up earlier to me this week and i I watched the first hour that you were kind of like it's also interesting because i I was thinking about last night you're you're not you haven't been the most historically pro amazon and you were really blown away by jeff bezos on lex friedman
0: yeah um i'm definitely well okay so i i had i'm a relapsed amazon user i i was off for quite some time never like a zero amazon user Mm -hmm. but like a last option and what was the rationale well, I wasn't living in New York, so if you're outside of New York, it's usually you either have a car, or um, That's I was. Funny. In a, I, I was feel a, like
1: I would almost say the other way. Like I, it's not exactly the same, but I don't order food in New York, and I'm more willing to go to the bodega or whatever. Actually,
0: yeah, way. let me let me think about this a little bit. I was subleasing; it could be that that I wasn't the. So I, I came back to New York and I furnished an apartment, and in doing so. There's just so much shit you need. You could order, so and they're stuff so good at getting you shit. And you're like, you're looking, yeah. You're like, oh,
1: well, I guess I need a dishwash or
0: towel like holder. I, I I went there. I go there pretty deliberately, but it's like, okay, I'm I'm moving into an apartment, and I need paper towels, and I need toilet paper, and I need like Swiffer pads, and like, am I gonna go? There, it's really the best way to do it. So yes, historically, I've been anti. Amazon and I still think it's commendable if you can try to limit your Amazon and t- I know it's not if you're going to drive to Walmart instead like that's not really your point is ma- supporting, lo- supporting local businesses yeah I would prefer to support local businesses if you can like in New York actually you get this option quite a bit but the prices are pretty insane like you're gonna spend a lot more to like support a local business to buy bounty paper towels from yeah, them yeah, 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 which, yeah. that's that's on everyone to decide how much <laughs> they how much of a difference they want to make to their local bodega owner. Um, <laughs> but to your point, the Jeff Bezos thing. So I, I don't know much about Jeff and the Amazon story. And I've never, and I, I've been, we've talked about this a few times, but I wasn't giving him the respect that Amazon deserved. I mean, Amazon is a mind blowing experience. Everyone knows this, like, especially the returns. The returns really blow my mind. You can just go to Whole Foods and just give them your package. I've, and, only, I've only
1: experienced that once. Although it's we amazing. Although a company that that started that kind of trend called happy returns many years ago and the theory behind it. But it's just, it's another one of these things that you, think, you also think about the amount of things Amazon has done that we now are kind of useful. I think Jeff talks about this as like one cliff checkout and like the, the, the one to two day shipping thing is truly it, the fact that it, we take it for granted is totally
0: unbelievable. So I would say this is one of my biggest things against, so I opt every time for the like slower $2 credit back, Amazon day option, like very few things need to be shipped in two days. But like my mom is like, like every time, Oh my God, it it like, I ordered that this morning or like (laughs) I ordered it yesterday. And I think most people have that experience for whatever reason that doesn't, that's not the most compelling thing to me, but it is, it definitely is
1: there's, I would agree on some level, but the like knowing you can get something in two days yes. yeah, is totally like, yeah, I don't need it in four hours via drone, like whatever, like before I ordered it. But like most you, I ordered blinds like three weeks ago and they just shipped. Yeah. And you're like, what's going on here? And granted, that's kind of how it used to be more than anything. I think what Amazon did is that by taking away all this friction, they actually changed the way we thought about ordering a thing online. And they moved the Overton window or, like, the goalpost way up. That actually... The fact that it could even compete with buying something in the store at all, let alone be better, is pretty profound.
0: Yeah. So this interview... I, I, yeah, sorry. I, no, don't apologize. Um, very, very... I, do, I, I had not given Jeff and his and his boys enough credit for, like, just being really intelligent people. I I don't know why. I just was like, oh, yeah, they were first – like, he sold books, and then he started selling everything else, and he maybe got it too it fast. And I was like, okay, yeah, that, that seems like he was er- – like, early internet days makes a ton of sense.
1: You give a lot of credit to, like – I would presume you give a lot of credit to, like, Steve Jobs and Mark Zuckerberg totally. and a certain similar class of person
0: who's maybe, like, thing feels a little more – I think it's more – it feels more software, and that's maybe why I – why or like an iPhone is easy to marvel at. Obviously, two-day shipping or like you know same-day shipping is also easy to marvel at. But it's it's so similar to three-day shipping or four-day shipping. It's just a little bit faster. So but
1: like, it's like he's a really good
0: logistics guy, yeah. which is super underselling. Yeah. Um, but I what I didn't give him enough credit for, and what I think this interview does, and and we talked about this a little bit earlier, is like the first half of the interview is sort of is a little science heavy, but the second of half rockets. of the interview. Yeah, yeah. When he moves on from the Rockets, they talk a lot about like his operational principles and how he thinks about solving problems and getting them done efficiently and running organizations. And it's just stuff that like I think a lot of us uh, armchair analysts like would sit there and be like, yeah, "How hard could it be? How hard could it be?" And you're like, "I've literally never thought of this problem at all, let alone how to solve it, or that there are 500 ways I would have tried to solve it that would have been wrong, and wrong by in terms of their." are objectively better ways to have done some of these things. There was things. an
1: issue I again I didn't listen to the whole thing, but earlier on he talks about I found really strike I would have my historical view on entrepreneurs is they're sort of like general sort of um, execution based guys and they're sort of like artist emergent kind of dreamers. And I would have you imagine Steve Jobs in the in the artist category like I would have squarely put Jeff in the in the like general operator Category and he said he the, the word he most primarily identifies with is inventor.
0: Inventor, I love that.
1: Which was really interesting. And he talked about how like what invention really is is sort of like this high dimensionality around solving problems, um, and coming at problems with lots and lots and lots of different ideas, and most of them being bad, and like being able to find the like one that maybe feels like a little bit interesting, and then obviously you still like a lot of people have talked about in all kinds of contexts both. In technology and business, even stuff like Rick Rubin or like how do you take the seed of something that seems promising and like not kill it right away? Which you talked about too. But I was like, it, but also to your point, like he clearly is an inventor. If invention is being, it, he, he frames it as like, um, it was actually not what I would have said when I thought of invention. It's sort of like being able to solve a problem in a new way. And what mm-hmm. happens when you solve a problem in a new way, usually a cheaper way, is you make the world richer. In a way, like he gave example, like the plow, the plow literally made the whole world richer, right? Because it solved a new, whereas you think maybe the default on invention is like, I don't know, the iPhone, like, or TikTok or maybe there's a bad example. The iPhone, I think is a really good example. It's just like, it was totally new. It was unlike anything we'd ever seen before. And the invention, maybe Jeff seems better at. It'll be curious to see what he does with rockets, given that he's sort of the lagging player to Elon is not like oh my god this is so different from anything i've seen it's actually i'm if you squinted and you didn't give him enough credit it would look like optimizing and maybe the claim he would make and what seems to actually be true at least in the amazon case is it it's 30% better in a way that like really really matters over yes. time
0: yeah and he had a long view on things that like i i certainly i mean most people I don't think are thinking about things that they're doing and how they'll impact the world after they're gone. Yeah. Um, And I think that's a, it's a nice, I I understand the critiques as someone who does critique Amazon. I understand the critiques of like, you mentioned this plow example and like it makes the world richer. It's like, I think for like Shopify, you could make that case without much of a, without much of a case against it. Like, Oh yeah. You uh, giving people the tools to make, more money into, yeah. um, but can you, there is a case to be made that Amazon maybe ha- has not necessarily done that, but I don't think that was the point he was maybe making.
1: Maybe they have for merchants, although I think the undeniable point, so he, he basically made the point that like the, the he's like, when I built Amazon, I got to stand on the shoulders of giants of all of these. I didn't have to invent the way something was delivered. Yeah, I yeah. Have, and maybe if, I, I, I think I would agree more, Harry, that amazon.com has done that. AWS is actually one of the best examples yeah. of that in the last 25 years. And he specifically gives the example of where we want to – he's like, where I know we, we've laid the infrastructure in a way that I could be really proud of is when, like, two kids in a dorm room could start a space company. Yes. And that – he did that with software. Like, literally, what AWS enabled, not just them, of course, Microsoft and many other companies, is he took he, – he added so much more to stand on in terms of, web like, web services and hosting and all these things that um, I think, like – Imagine Maybe what was really interesting as he was talking about it to me is like imagining that in areas that aren't just software especially is pretty crazy. Like you you even see this happening a little bit in space thanks to SpaceX, which is that you have companies like Varda, for example, that are actually able to build really compelling, interesting, hard science problems but not have to solve the like how do you get to orbit piece. And once you – like that more than anything is probably the greatest lever on like human progress is like – I don't have to solve this super. This problem is now commodity, I and now I can reach about. This is above. the
0: thing that, that I where I say I was like not giving Jeff Bezos, enough mm. cre- Jeffrey Bezos, enough Jeffrey
1: credit. Bezos. You can do it. Come on, Jeffrey, put your back. Can do. It. Really recommend looking up that Bill Burnham song if you somehow missed it.
0: Um, I, where I wasn't giving enough credit is like the way he's thinking about pr- human progress and, um. Yeah, it's cool that people like him exist, and um, I he did me a huge favor in the gym, um, because in this episode, he mentions that how, Lex asks how he spends his days, and he mentions that he his around in the morning, makes, I think he said makes himself coffee, I, I would be curious to know how, what his morning coffee ritual is, um, but... Isn't that what this podcast is about? (laughs) No, I know it's just funny. Isn't literally this podcast? The premise of this podcast is to talk. It's to know and talk about. Jeff Bezos' morning coffee routine. No, I was laughing at us, not <laughs> at you. <laughs> that, I, I think that's it. So I, would be very I would be very curious as well. Um, <laughs> I hope someone so can find out for us. He his around, and then he goes to the gym for an hour to an hour and a half. Sometimes he's excited about going. Sometimes he's not excited, but he always gets himself to go. I think this is four or five days a week he does this because he knows he'll he'll have more energy during the day. He'll feel better during the day because he works very hard after the gym. But he goes to the trainer, and the thing he likes about working out with the trainer is the trainer will ask him, "Hey, do you think you can go up and wait?" And he'll say, hmm, "Think about it. No, I don't think so. I think this is good." And the trainer will say, hmm, "I think you can go up and wait." And then I go up and wait, and I was like, "Oh wow, that's really that is a that is a good." Ex- if you have a high trust relationship with your trainer, and you're like, mm. you know that they're pushing you in in a way that is safe, and and then so at the gym, uh, with my trainer, which was. Uh, just me and my, <laughs> my water bottle. I was doing like I was doing rows and I was like, oh, could I go up and wait here? I'm like, nah, this is that was good. And I was like, wait, WWJD? <laughs> wow. And I, I did. I I lifted. I lifted more. And I'm many people have been talking about how much stronger I look since that workout.
1: I will say one thing that I think that is powerful that is in that is just like things that challenge the like default model. Mm -hmm. As it's rolling, you we were hanging out with my friend Glenn the other day, and we were talking about therapy and a handful of things. And you, I I guess I'm giving myself a meta compliment here, but you both said that like something I've said to you before is like, is that true? When Mm -hmm. you say something that seems to be true. And I think having different modes of that for yourself, for people around you. It's just so easy to like continue down the
0: Well, I I, I've had this with um and at the time that you asked me this, I was on a a bit of a a press tour, um, talking about my, my relationship. And I and after a certain point when you talk about things a lot and actually this this comes up in my work a lot but when you talk about things a lot you start to tell the same story because you become comfortable with it and like you're finding the, the things that resonate with people and the things that actually feel good to come out you're of you're playing the hits yeah totally and and especially about something you're talking about a lot and I said something that I that I just liked because it sounded good and I had said it at the time and it never got really any pushback on it and it just was a piece in the story and you're like is that true like and I was like whoa it's like but a maybe actually, you know what? I don't know. I don't know.
1: It relates to this idea of like, I think we have a lot of things that are cached. We say a lot of things. We do a lot of things. Oh, why would I? Yeah, of course I'm like lifting weights. Cause like, I know what, how much I can lift. There's a lot. And obviously sometimes it's overdone, but I think finding ways to build that into your, it's just so easy to keep playing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think speaking too, I I'm sure I've done some of it on this podcast, but often in conversation, I'm like, I'm not saying anything original and I'm not actually even, I'm just performing. Yep. Which is, has its time and place, but I think
0: finding times to break it is good too. Speaking of, um, our, our hangout with Glenn, this is my second time meeting Glenn. Um, hmm, I'm deciding how much I can, I should share here. When <laughs> I first met, met Glenn, uh, we went to meditation with Jackson to, uh, the Zendo project in Manhattan and, he recommended his psycho, not his specific psychoanalyst, but he said to me after knowing me for 90 minutes, 80 of which we spent in silence in the dark, in the dark. He said, you got to get a psychoanalyst and he specifically used that word. Yes. Yeah. He's like, it's the best hour I spend every week. I would go up to two. I'm um, thinking about going up to two. Some hardcore, uh, fans think you should go five times a week. <laughs> And he's like, I would, I, I he's like, he's like, and he, he says to me, you know, critically, like I I'm not depressed, so I'm not spending any time. My therapist isn't bringing me up to like stability. Instead, we're just building. And, and the thing that he said he loves the most is that he's like, it's like, it's my best friend who I can tell anything in the world to. And they give me amazing advice and I pay them not to judge me. And like mm. that, that component, got me to go find a therapist. So I, I went, and I've been seeing um, seeing a new therapist Thursday. Thursday. Today will be I my feel f-
1: like he could pay me a little bit of money to judge him less.
0: He could pay you a little b- yes, Yes. Actually, I, I, I was listening to a podcast yesterday. Um, it's uh, Tim Burgess, who is the um, frontman of the band The Charlatans, a uh, British guy maybe in his, like, 50s, and he says – i mean who am i to judge i mean i like to judge <laughs> but who am i to judge and that I, I i struggle with this a lot of like knowing you know is it wrong to judge and I, we talked about this the other day like it's okay there's nothing wrong with judging someone although probably the most enlightened version of each of us doesn't judge which is potentially boring but probably true
1: there's an action component of judgment too hmm. obviously we're gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna make judgments there's a, there's how act, like yeah out out loud that is or even felt it is. There's having the judgment thought come in and being like, oh, I can let that go,
0: versus I'm gonna. anyway. Yeah, I I thought what you were gonna say earlier about the he could pay you to judge him less, which is, given your current
1: and that makes him sound like me sound like I'm judging him a lot. You're just willing to take money to judge less, or yeah, like. <laughs> I think we should probably just be friends. There shouldn't be a financial transaction, but...
0: There doesn't need to be... Is that the only difference between the therapist, the psychoanalyst, and me? Presumably not. It's a great question. They're probably more qualified uh, in some areas. I'm more qualified as being a friend. Totally. I think you... hmm. Well, okay. Let me speak from my experience, because I I would say that you are definitely my... Probably my therapist, one, these days, and, and... um, my Marcus is therapist too. Um, uh, and only
1: one of us is certified,
0: but you do earn a combined income of $250 per hour. Pretty sick. It's <laughs> uh, a Good deal for us or him or you. I'm not sure. It's a great deal for me on an hourly basis. It's an amazing deal for him on an hourly basis. I'm getting the short You're, end. D- yeah. yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> but I thought what you were going to say is like that, that he should just pay you to be his therapist instead. And I actually do think. Hopefully one thing that will become what will come of this podcast is that it is therapeutic for people because talking to you is is, is therapeutic in not in like a calming way necessarily, but in the way that you ask me. Is that true? And okay. I'm like, fuck you. I said it. Like, don't ask me that shit.
1: I also think therapy over the airwaves is is not something we're advocating for here on this podcast, but I do. Hope I, I find am it I enjoyable am. And, and calming. And enriching in your life and taste. I w- I'm curious to more t- talk more about the um, psychoanalysis in the future. I'm also just, I don't have a ton of strong thoughts on therapy other than that we should return to calling them analysts because that's what they do in Annie Hall and other old movies. And I think that's way cooler. Uh,
0: that There is a difference, I think. And it's like this, oh. the like analysts are like the Freudian, come from this Freudian, mm. Jungian world. Um, and they're more of, like, philosophy-focused okay. and maybe don't necessarily... I'm really talking out of my ass here, but I don't think they're, like, DSM-based. Like, they're not They're not teaching out of the, like, is this anxiety? Is this depression? Is this... But it's also just, like, a class of... Yeah. This is interesting. My friend
1: Toby Shoren, he has written one piece, and he's doing more work on this, and part of his premise is that increasingly the type of mental health help treatment or whatever people get is become like a tribal decision um and there's something in this like by the way it's like is a coach and a therapist like all of these things and people have a lot of strong opinions about it i think it's cool that it seems that more people are getting more comfortable with one just talking about how they feel and two getting help
0: i've had some interesting conversations with people who are parents about this where they're like okay my kid says they're depressed it's like is that like, it's great that they have the language for that, but also like we used to just call it teenage angst and like we kind of get through it and, and yes, there's, it's probably somewhere in the middle. It's good that we have the language to talk about it, but becoming fluent in something also opens your mind to something and not, and, and, and there, if you understand that there is a way that other people have it, you maybe don't take as much agency and like act upon making it better. And I, I think of, I have a friend whose mom is a doctor and he was like finding out if he had OCD, if like his severe anxiety was being caused by like obsessive thoughts. And he was like seeing somebody who was a specialist in OCD. And he was telling me about this. And she and she, we were at her house and his mother. And she interjected and was like, I think maybe he went to the bathroom. She's like, It's yeah, like he's, you know, really like hung up on whether, on, on, you know, finding out about this. But actually, the the solution is the same. If it's anxiety, if it's depression, if it's OCD, oh, it's like get outside, sweat, have meaningful relationships, eat real food, like all of these things which are like sort of becoming more popular as the solutions to a lot of th- these things are seem to be at least the baseline work that exactly. needs to be done.
1: At least, yes. I, I, I was talking with a friend who was struggling last year and I was like, there's a lot going on. A lot of it is reasonable, but also like you don't sleep with any consistency, like get those things right. And then, which, which is easier said than none, of course. But yeah, that, I think that's true. The other thing that's interesting, and I, I would say I probably bias still towards at least people being more willing to talk about these things, but there's an interesting sort of counter trend that seems to be happening that I've seen maybe a little bit more common in technology and business is that actually like self too much self-reflection is just bad. There's this quote that I, I found so interesting reading that Larry Gugosian piece, which was this this sort of uh, crazy mega art dealer, the New Yorker profiled. And there's this line where they, they ask him about something about himself. And he's like, I try to avoid self-reflection. It's how you lose your edge. And they talk about it. It's like, oh, geniuses are actually, we we think they're complicated. They have lots of, they, we think they have lots of moving parts. They're actually really simple. Larry's a feeding machine. That's the extreme example. I don't think I want to be Larry Gugosian. Right. But... I even myself have probably been guilty of, at least in certain domains, too much self-reflection. I think that's part of what you – so it's there's a tension here. I think that's part of what Toby's exploring too is that especially to the extent it gets wrapped up in cultural tribalism and not meeting people with the needs they have. Or at the very least, we start – you think about like the classic anecdote of the doctor just doling out medicine or antibiotics as the
0: first step before even getting any further along. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting – I, I, um, I think a lot about this with the, this, this the self-help journey. And there's a reason why it's like called a journey, I think, and not like a program because it, it really never stops. And I think it's really important to figure out, and you and I both, I think care a lot about this, like figuring out what motivates us and what our purpose is or, or what energizes us and how we can like be the best versions of ourselves, but there is a huge penalty for that, and that's of course more extreme in somebody who's very intentionally trying to do those things. Yeah. Um, you th- I mean, you think about like boomers who like are pretty happy for the most part, or or they have a lot of their needs met in a way that a lot of our peers maybe don't but they don't necessarily have the language to talk about the things that we talk about. And the more open-minded ones are, are pretty impressed by our ability to communicate and, and feel yes. things. Yes. Um, but again, I think it points to this, like having the language is, can be, a, can be a curse as well. There's because
1: also just people who are going to be better off not staring into the void. Like, yeah. Which, which I don't know. That's not, a, I, I should probably be careful what I say, but like, I think that's true. I think there are generally people who are just be better off continuing on the path of inertia and where they're going mm-hmm. and not like rocking the
0: boat. I mean, yeah, it's like, it's, it it's, I certainly admire that, that path in some ways that people can live a life that moves forward on a path that they th- haven't really given much thought to. And they're probably more, they're definitely more content that the, the, I'm not trying to knock them off
1: that path. Yeah. I think the broader – I would probably contend I'm not sure that most boomers are happier. And it clearly seems we are undeniably in a period of time where – Bezos talked about this on the podcast. You see it time and time again. Everything that kind of matters objectively is better. That's not to say that there aren't problems. Undeniably, there's all kinds of tragedy in the world constantly. But I,
0: I think the thing with this it being better thing you ha- is active. You have to remember that, whereas
1: well, – I, I think that's where I'm getting, which is – the The point is that the baseline quality of life, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, has never been better on a global level, level for everyone. Poverty, uh, literacy, all these things, and yet it's the sense is, and granted, this is a Western, my version of reality. Whatever, I, I don't even know how reflective it is. But the sense you look at even some of the data amongst like depression and teenage girls and different things, like the sense is that the vibes are off and that like people yes. are actually they don't know what to believe in. They're really unhappy, and. We, we can think about certain parts of this. I think one one of them is is what you were saying, which is that, okay, great. Like the world GDP, like poverty numbers are better. Like I don't care. And I think there's a um, comparison thing that had never existed prior to the internet and like mass popular culture. Long-winded way of saying though, I think what what is, is interesting to me is clearly people aren't doing great. And so there has to be, and I think a lot of people's view, by the way, at least in some circles, is just like, oh, those things don't really matter. Just keep, accelerate, keep, keep building the future, keep building abundance. I think there's some merit to that, but clearly this is not something that I think we just want to like avoid or let like run its course too dramatically where it's just like, oh, just assign everyone maximum medication and treat right. like, it's also, I think there's something in this, which is just that everybody's different. And like, it's, it's, it's why advice is really hard. It's like. And, and you part and I are both
0: out on advice. Yeah, we're out on advice.
1: <laughs> my my big advice is uh, <laughs> part of it. I think is actually how do you get better at knowing yourself, but for some people that is like anti-self. Eh, it's hard. This will be solved next time. We will actually come back with all of the answers. Um, we're I have to actually go to an appointment, so we're I think we're right on time.
0: To, you have to go to unemployment
1: and. I'm always at unemployment. <laughs> I have to go to an appointment. Uh, an
0: appointment. A po- an appointment.
1: Um. We hope you all have a wonderful holiday season. This is probably coming to you. Who knows? Maybe I, maybe I blow some minds and get it out before the ho- Christmas. If not, probably in that week. We hope you see some movies. Please send your thoughts on the tennis mm-hmm. game. I want an over and under. Um. Any further thoughts or questions or comments?
0: Yeah. Uh, if you made it this far, DM me on Twitter or text me, or text my dad if you have his number, and uh, I'll Venmo you ten dollars because I really, <laughs> I will send ten dollars. I really want to know that if That's that you made it this far. Alright, we'll see you later. <laughs> Alright, max that ten people. <laughs>